Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 364. Today is Wednesday, January 10th, 2024. Um, guys, if you're new here, we stream to four glorious locations. That's Elijah Fire on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Rumble. So if you guys are watching on Rumble, or on YouTube, you know what to do. Hit that subscribe button, like this video, ring that bell notification if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and you know, honestly, follow us where you can follow us, like us where you can like us. And we so appreciate that you guys also. Um, I wanted to remind you guys that this upcoming weekend, which is the 13th, I believe, Saturday. Yes. Yes. Yep. We're good. Got it. Got it. Uh, so Saturday, January 13th, we are releasing the next teaching series that we've been doing. As you guys are well aware by now, we've been converting all of our teaching series that we've done into podcast form. Long story as to why we didn't do that right out of the gate. Well, we didn't. And so we're playing catch up now. So every couple of weeks, we release a new one. And so we have a three-part series called Renewing Your Mind featuring Kara Starnes. And we love Kara Starnes. So um, super great, you guys. If you've been dealing with areas, cyclical behavior, um, patterns of sin, um, mindsets that you can't get out of, and you feel like you're stuck in this vicious cycle. Um, this teaching series is for you. And it's brought a lot of breakthrough to a lot of people. Um, she, we also talk about her book that she wrote, um, which is, um, fantastic. Uh, one of the best books I've seen on the subject of renewing your mind and breaking down strongholds. And so this series, three-part series is going to drop all three episodes on January 13th, which is a Saturday. So I'll be reminding you guys the next couple of days as well, but be looking out for that wherever you listen to your podcast. I also want to point out, speaking of podcasts, I was made aware that Google Podcast is actually being eliminated, like it's going away. Uh, Google owns YouTube, and so they're putting all of their eggs into the basket of YouTube. So now, if you listen on YouTube Music, you can get our podcast, the Elijah Fire podcast there. You're welcome. All right. Anytime you guys donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, those proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week. Um, but we don't stop there. We take a portion of every donation, and we're moving and shaking because of you guys' donations in the water well arena, bringing fresh, clean water to people that need it. And as a result of meeting a basic need like that, we've opened up thousands upon thousands of people to the gospel because it's a huge answer to prayer. Having clean water, not having people in their villages or communities dying from waterborne illness or drowning in the actual water sources where they get water. Uh, it's something that we take for granted. And you know, you were like, I just gave five bucks. Well, Part of that five bucks went towards this. Uh, it's a huge, huge honor to be a part of something like that. So we guys, we so appreciate you guys and your donations. We're going to play a quick video and then we are going to get going. In the midst of Rose and her friend Kamiati's joyous celebration of the drilling of a new water well, a painful memory from Rose's past comes to mind. Both Justine, Rose's daughter, and Amina, Kamiati's daughter, would routinely get up early in the morning in order to make the trek to the closest water source. 
As the girls were collecting water one morning, Justine ventured too far into the deeper water and tragically drowned. It's been seven years since Justine's untimely passing. There hasn't been any other options for water, but that's all changing. The prayers of Rose and her friends for a pure, clean water source have been answered and they are overwhelmed by God's goodness. This new water well is the result of the generosity shown by you, our Elijah Streams partners. The difficult journey to the polluted water source for Rose and her neighbors is almost at an end. And it's because of you. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. So thank you guys again for your donations. Again, never underestimate any amount of money that you give in. Um, it's all going to be used in the in some fashion in the way that we uh, just illustrated. So thank you guys so much. All right. Uh, my guest today has been on one other time and we had ourselves a wonderful time. Um, she's a social justice advocate, a real one. Uh, she has also worked several years in anti-trafficking as well as mental health. She's also the host of the fantastic podcast, Prophetic Justice. What's well, Prophetic Justice podcast is what it's called. So, uh, but I'm not joined just by her. I am joined also by Elijah Fire's own producer extraordinaire. So without any further ado, let's give it up for our guest today, Tatiana Bergam and Illumination Spencer. Yeah, put a little extra something on that. Yeah, I was going to say, every time you intro somebody, it always cracks me up. (laughs) Like half the time when Jeff's doing his intro, I'm like dying backstage and nobody knows that, but I'm just like doubled over. Now we all know. There are certain moments. Yeah, well, you do this five days a week, you got to mix it up for yourself, you know, so (laughs) got to keep it interesting for myself. So Tatiana, welcome back to the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Illumination, as always, welcome to Elijah Fire, even though you're here every day in the background. Yes. Yes. So uh, Tatiana, you, um, you know, last time we were on, you talked about working within the anti-trafficking space, the mental illness space, um, but you've since moved into housing, correct? Yeah, okay. I have. It's, yeah, so why don't you tell t- tell us how that transition happened? You said it was a God story. Yeah, I here. feel like it is. Life is, I mean, God, is, life is interesting, but God is even more interesting in yeah, his timing. Yeah. Um. So I think when I was on here last time, I was like between jobs. I was like looking for work. Yeah. Really praying yeah. about where God wanted me. And I had like put um applications like all over the country like mm-hmm. i had several interviews throughout the us and um i actually was like in the process i had like accepted a job in denver they have uh the city of denver uh actually is like implementing a really amazing program where they are starting to um just really have a department specific to missing youth and really like searching for them really advocating for them and uh, it's like new. I was going to be on the ground floor. I was like so pumped, but it just was like logistically, like as it turned out, like as we kept planning more and more, like it just wasn't ideal for my family. Mm-hmm. And I would have had to like my kids didn't want to come out of school. Like you know, we were gonna maybe try to do a move like over Christmas. Right. They were like, no, <laughs> I want to stay in school. My husband <laughs> uh, is like in insurance world. So this was like his busiest time. He's like, there's no way I'm leaving. 
Um, so I was like, all right, like, I guess I'll just go down, I'll start, I'll get things settled, and then we'll move everyone back, like, when um, school ends was kind of the plan. And then it just was like, the more I prayed about it, I, I, it was like, just one of those things, I think a lot of people have been there where you're just like, this is such a good thing, like, it is really a powerful thing that they're doing, like, totally, like, I think it's going to just change that state as well um and change lives obviously so I was really excited to do it so it's like okay god like you really called me into this work of like the anti-trafficking field like this really feels like this is the step you want me to take mm -hmm. but god really convicted me that like this was just not it like he's like I wouldn't have you leave your family for there's a whole message <laughs> there's a whole year. message in just what you said so right but I'll let you keep talking and then we can no we yeah can feel no feel free to jump in um and so, you know, I, I had said yes, like I was like date set, ready to go. And I was like torn. I wasn't hearing God clearly, but I was just like, all right, like what, what is the answer, God? And I was like, if you don't want me to go, like, please give me a dream so I can at least know yeah. um, like the next step. And that night I had a dream and it was just very obvious that it was like the dream I had prayed for and that I was not to make any more forward steps towards this wow. position. So I had to call and I had mm. to, I was like, also the other piece of it was that I was just going to call and say that I had like kind of just decided like it wasn't the right time. And God was like, just be honest, like say that I told you not to go. And I was like, well, do we really like have to go? To Wait, really so was this a non-Christian organization or was it? It was like a, it's was the city of Denver, like government, like a Okay. So you had to oh, wow. like go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, but God, like, I, I don't know, like, do you really, so anyways, I called, I told this lady, like, the hiring uh, HR woman, like, I can't do it, like, I've been praying about it, like, I got, you know, this dream that I have, been, like, I explained the whole thing, and she just was like, oh my gosh, like, that's so cool, and I was like, that's not the response I was, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it just was, she was like, you know, the door is always open if you ever change your mind, and that was, like, a really another God moment, because I was like, all right, I left, and, like, I parted ways honorably, and I, I tend to just be like, you know, you know, saying it's like not the time or, you know, saying it's like, uh -huh. just not, right. I'm not interested, whatever. And um, even though most of the time God tells me like, no, this isn't the direction, but I don't say that, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, I was like, all right, God, like I still need a job. Like that was it. <laughs> like that was going to be the career. And um, I have a friend, she was actually the first podcast guest on my show her name is Deanna Kirk okay and um she had been like out of town um over the summer and we just had never not really connected and she texted me that day and she was like hey I feel like I haven't heard from you like let's talk and I kind of just explained over text like I'm looking for a job if you hear anything let me know and she just was like do you just want to come work for me like she had this this organization and this is literally hours later wow you know, mm. and so she's like, I've been praying. She's a woman of God. She's like, I've been praying for more support. Mm. Um, so this is actually like an answer to my prayer. And Come I was on. like, I don't think you understand it. It's an this answer to my prayer. <laughs> so that was the start. And that's what I mean, obviously, I was like, okay, God, like you got it. And um, like the starting pay was just like, it all was just like what I needed. And I really mm. felt like what I was going to do was like what we needed. If that That's makes what's sense. up. Yeah. I don't know.
So well, Tatiana, I would say, um, man, um, the whole thing about like something that looks good on paper and to, to make an assumption, I've done that of like, oh, this is, this is it. Yeah. This is the thing. This is everything yes. that I wanted it to be. And something doesn't feel right. Yeah. And you're like, or, or no matter how hard you try, it's just not w working. You know, like you yes. mentioned, like your kid's not wanting to leave school. Your husband's like, I can't, yeah. I can't do this, you know? Uh, and then that would actually cause you to be separated from your family, you know, a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And, and so I think yeah. there's a lot of fear about stepping out with the Lord because we're like, we put so much emphasis. I want to hear, right. And in this case, you started stepping out. I mean, you did step out and it ended up not being the right move, but, mm -hmm. but it's not, I think we're so afraid that we're going to ruin everything that somehow we're more powerful than God and what he's yeah. purposing for our lives, <laughs> yes. you know, like it's but so if we really yes. break it down, we're like, no, that's literally like what, that's what my behavior is showing is that yes. I think I'm powerful enough to thwart God's purpose for my life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that was the start of it. And, um, you know, I think the other piece of this that I'm learning the hard way is that just because God like worked everything, aligned everything, it doesn't mean it's going to be like an easy thing now because it has oh, yeah. been, um, it has been, it had, has had its challenges. So <clears throat> essentially I work in, um, a house that's specific for mothers and children and it's in Northern Minnesota. It's called Annie's House and the organization is called Divine Connections. And um, it's specific to uh, women of color, families of color and BIPOC, them. right? BIPOC, yes. Yeah, you said it and I uh, I very subtly Googled it because I think yeah. you said it last time and I asked for clarification. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't want to ask again. So <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah. No, it's all good. Do you, what did you, what did Google tell you? Black, indigenous, and other yeah. people of color. So it's an acronym. BIPOC. Mm -hmm, yes. B-I-P-O-C. Correct. Yeah. Thank you. Nailed it. Um, yeah. So that's, that's it. And then I, the other piece was I've never worked in housing. And actually I like told myself that I never would because it is such a intense, massive system. And um, one that seemed really frustrating for people um who had experienced mar mar marginalization and then yeah. also um just a lot of barriers a lot of red tape and i just had no interest in being <laughs> in a space like that and then um but i really believed in what uh my friend started and founded this organization and just all that she's doing and um like i said she's a christian and so like my very first day she asked me to like come and pray over one of the moms like oh, you just, i awesome. have not experienced that in like a nonprofit setting what a so, cool experience that, yeah. yes awesome. so it's a lot of just like leading of the holy spirit yeah all right so i i think the the, the reason why i'm really interested to kind of venture down this path of this conversation about housing crisis and uh is because i know i personally I'm very compassionate. You know, I, you know, I, at one point I wanted to start a homeless ministry, um, th through YWAM and, uh, that's a whole story in of itself. But I think a lot of people land in this boat. If they see someone in a tent 
on the side of the road, tripping out. And they're like, I have no idea how, how to help this person. Yeah. I have no idea. You know, and I've definitely dealt with that myself of like, I can think of ideas of how to meet basic needs, but to really bring change. Um, I don't know, Tatiana. I'm just going to be honest. I have no idea. Yeah. And so I yeah. think that's why this is a really important conversation. I yeah. agree. And I feel like just to be honest, I still don't know. Yeah, like I'm good. learning as I go. Yeah. So, um, but God has shown me just, he places me in these systems. And I think other people who are on here, maybe also are, who are social workers or mm -hmm. they're put in these realms um, to be able to have a kingdom mindset of solutions and also of the issue itself. So that is one thing um, that I am able to see outside of the natural, what's in front of us in the natural, what is actually happening in the spiritual piece of it is like a separate thing. Yeah. Um, and so I'm thankful God is showing me that I actually, though, like before we continue, I'm curious, I didn't, I love that you were going to, that this was something you wanted to pursue. What were, what were the issues that you were seeing at that time? Well, I mean, so we live in a, uh, kind of a, we live in a more, a more blue area, you know, mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of it there is a lot of, there are a lot of laws that enable certain types of behavior in an effort to try and protect people, but it's actually creating a larger problem. And so there's a lot of, there's been a huge influx of, um, addicts on the streets specifically where, specifically where I live, but obviously Portland yeah. is kind of notorious for that Portland, Seattle kind of known for that. Um, but, um, at the time it wasn't as bad. So this was like a while ago. This was like a long time ago. Um, 2000. It's actively increased. I feel like a lot in the past. I don't know, five, five-ish years for right. me personally being observant yeah. of this. And so I'll be honest, Tatiana. Even at the time, my friends and I didn't know, but we were like, we need to be out there and to just like understand the like as I don't know as touchy feely as this sounds, but like understand where they're coming from rather than yeah. just trying to insert our own own solutions but actually listen to these people because not all of them are not all of them are constantly tripping out no. you know mm -hmm. and so i think yeah. that that's kind of the that was something that we actually started to get to know people it's a whole reason as to why it didn't happen a lot of it had to do with my own pride uh again it's a whole that's a whole message a whole lesson learned um yeah. but um that was initially where our you know, our heart, and I, I would say it hasn't really ever changed for me, but I've kind of been stuck in this cycle of like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know that going and just like, here's a sandwich brother. Let me pray for you. Not that, I mean, prayer is huge. It's so important, but actually creating a real solution for something other than here's a sandwich. At least your, your belly's a little right. bit more full, you know, like I think that a lot of Christians, we want to do more than just go and do a chili feed down every right. Tuesday night down underneath the, the bridge, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's accurate. Um, like I said, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out what this, what solutions are really working. I think um, the one thing that I, that I have noticed is just, and I think this with any issue like that is really, um, 
that we're all just like one bad situation away from like some like we're all we all have the potential to be where they are or like Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. You know, and so I, um, I just think that I don't really, I have like so many thoughts running through my head right now hey, as we're I'm, talking, I'm, but I, I, I can yeah, relate. I just, you know how it goes. I think I am really frustrated by the red tape, the red tape that people have to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, to get housing, the requirements of, um, you know, and the requirements are there because that's how you track things. That's how funding is funneled in. Like it's all necessary, but at the same time, it really hinders people from actually staying in housing or like a big piece of, um, you know, especially for young people is like substance use disorder and addiction and, um, you know, if it's not dealt with, we can give someone a home to live in. But if the addiction piece hasn't been addressed or they're not working on it, then we're doing a disservice because they're going to end up in maybe a, the same situation as before or potentially a worse one. So I think that there's sometimes this idea that like, oh, we just need housing. We need housing. We need housing. But we also need healing and we need to get to the root of some of these things. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Really good point. Yeah. So, um, Tatiana, why don't you explain, I guess, the housing crisis, you know, like the uh, the issue with homelessness, but then also mention you can talk about some of these red the red tape that you've been maybe even experienced even just in your short time working where you're working. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think when I, I actually was thinking about this, too, the term housing crisis, like has there not I feel like it's always a crisis. Like the mm. fact that someone doesn't have housing that puts them in crisis. Like there is always a housing crisis. Mm. Um, I think like what I am encouraged by, I want to start there because it's real easy to focus on like the things that aren't working well, but there's really creative solutions out there. Like, okay. um, so for example, I know that uh, HUD has uh, contracted with like people who have like lived through homelessness or through being unhoused and they um are like trying to really understand like what put you here and how can you if you are open to it and you want to contract with us like speak into other organizations and help them build like a housing program um so really working with people who have experienced it i think is like the most crucial thing if you're trying to solve anything like you want to have people who have actually experienced it um, and that I feel is like where the best solutions have come from is really bringing in families who are stable and, and at a place now where they're able to do that work and reach behind them and pull people with them. So yeah. that's been really cool um, to see that piece of it, because that hasn't always been the case. It's typically been like the government just saying this is what's needed. This is what the funding is for, like take it or leave it, mm-hmm. but not that collaboration piece necessarily. Yeah. Well, do you feel like there's a lot of pressure on the federal government to go, okay, we need to solve this issue rather than like, and we need to figure it out on our own um, rather than going, well, who's doing what already? Maybe we can get behind them. I think that there's this constant, what I've noticed, even in my 
short duration of looking into this stuff was it seems like there's always this like okay we have to reinvent the wheel in order to fix this problem rather than like hey maybe we start funneling in resources into places that are already doing things yes yes and i i think too like any issue i feel like there is like i mean i'm trying to figure out how I want to say it. But I, th- I think like across the board, whether it's housing, whether it's um, focusing on domestic violence or sexual violence, like from a federal level, there's always going to be the sense of crisis. Yeah. And it, you know, like this, like, oh, we have all these numbers, like all this new data has come in and now we, we need to address it. And so um, there isn't always that time, I think at a government level to look below and say who's doing what who's doing it really well um i think that we're getting there though I, like in minnesota there's a lot of collaboration between organizations and long-standing organizations to like you know make that connection have those collaboratives have those coalitions which is crucial yeah, yeah. have you ever heard of path done in la I feel like I have. Yeah. It stands for people assisting the homeless. And there's a couple, I think there's a couple of locations, but we used to go there and and help uh, back when I was down in uh, YOM and down in LA. And what was really cool is it was a building and you had to, you know, there were certain criteria you had to agree. Hey, I want to clean up. I want to like, I am actually deciding this is what I want. And basically upstairs you work, you live. Um, but then downstairs, it looked like this little mini mall it, it, inside. And it was all these different, like, like a hairdresser place and like all these different trades that you could learn. There were, um, people helping them get jobs. And it was really effective and it was really cool to like, see these kind of rehabilitate rehabilitation centers of like, um, and it was just cool. Cause we go and we like work in the kitchen and the, the cook was somebody who used to be homeless and they're like, yeah, man, yeah. you know, I'm like. You know, and they're like leading, they get an opportunity to lead, you know, and so they're leading us and telling us what to do. And so it was just really cool, man. Like to see. I love that. Yeah. So. Wow. More places like that, everybody. Yes. Yes. And I think too, like even I always say this when I would train um, about the issue of human trafficking, but like really how we pull people up is to like bring them alongside you like so they can feel what it is to do the things that they love to do like yeah that's good and to have the training so like if you are someone who like runs a restaurant like go offer management training to like a transitional house or just like you know try to put your skill set into a places where they may not have the opportunity to have some of those trainings to begin with because yeah school is expensive yeah for <laughs> sure expensive those things right. are expensive but there's people who have gone through the training who know who do it well like go in and start helping and start like finding people or young people who might be really good at it and want to learn how to do what you're doing mm-hmm. yeah super good Nate, do you have anything to add to anything we talked about so far it's more well what i'm kind of hearing out of this conversation right now is more of just meeting people back to their identity almost like we need it, yeah. it sounding like to me like we really need to just pull on revaluing these people as people instead of just like they're just somebody out on a street corner 
a number who, you know you whatever. you know you you just you just pass them by you know and you don't really i mean i see i see people who are homeless and it, it honestly does break my heart but personally i don't know how to help them or i don't have the resources to help them either um so it's just more of just value it feels like we just need to value them where they're at and then bringing them up to a level where they can like have their have their dignity back so jillian was really really good with the comment there that dignity is important and i agree that getting them getting them housing is important but i think it's also the the drug issue delivering them from that and then also giving them the job and a purpose too will Mm -hmm. help restore that dignity and kind of bring them back out of that um yeah. Illumination going to raid for the core. I think we can yeah. end the podcast now. Yeah, done. <laughs> All right. Yeah. See you guys tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I think per like purpose is something that I mean, if you look at a lot of these people when you really get to talk to them, mm-hmm. uh, horrible stuff. Like horrible stuff has happened to them or just really fallen on hard times didn't know how to navigate yeah. through it and addiction came into the the picture or whatever but a lot of it comes down to like uh, you know like not everybody but there's a lot of people that were they grew up like in horrible living conditions like with their family like horrible childhood told that they wouldn't amount to anything you know and i think that that's what a lot of this comes down to too is like not having purpose you know and just living you know and Mm -hmm. and like what happens you get desperate during those times too you know so Yeah. And I think like illumination, what you said about like seeing the person, I think that where Satan has come in into all of these like woke issues, I guess, um, is that there's separation into groups of people. And Mm -hmm. so that is, I do feel like Satan's way to just to remove us from like that identity of, of the person. And instead we're now like, zoned out and really distracted and focused on a big group of people and obviously yes there's a lot of groups of people who are marginalized we do need to work on like systems for that but um yeah i also think satan has come in to really distract and um just completely like need to go back in on like the dignity of this one person yeah mm-hmm. now i will i will uh on that note, Tatiana, would you say, I would love to hear your thoughts and, and Nesha would hear, love to hear your thoughts too, but do you feel, do you guys feel like there are real issues? Okay, let's take left versus right, all right? Mm-hmm. Conservative versus liberal, all right? There is this, there is this kind of message being put out that people who are more left-leaning care more about social justice or more about marginalized people I'm going to go on the record and say that I have not found that to be true. I know a lot of people who are conservatives yeah. who are doing amazing work Absolutely. and they're conservatives, but there's yeah. this, there's this kind of thing that's peddled, but I will also say this, I do feel like, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Personally, I do feel like we write off certain issues because we're like, that's a, this group issue. And I don't want to associate with that group which is not conducive to unity is not conducive Mm -hmm. to any real solutions because then it goes back to the whole thing of like, well, 
they're doing that. I need to reinvent the wheel because I don't want to associate with them. So I'm going to do my own thing. But I would love to hear your guys' thoughts because I do think it is kind of can kind of be a complicated issue. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And go. And go. <laughs> well, here's I think that what the right versus left thing we're approaching, we're trying to approach the same problem have very very different ways of approaching it and very different ways of trying to solve it and mm -hmm. i think that's mainly where the two sides or parties whatever you want to call it tend to differ um but i i don't think that the right is less compassionate than the left i just think we do thing or we they they do things differently um than the left would approach mm -hmm. this issue um because i think the right would be like, oh, we got to get people in the pull yourself up by your bootstraps type of mentality versus the left being like, let's nurture them out of this situation. Mm -hmm. And I think if we had a good combination of both of those things where you empower the person, but you also be like, hey, we do recognize you have trauma and you need healing at the same time and kind of marry those, that would be probably a more ideal solution. But I don't know your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. Tatiana, no, what are your thoughts? I think that's good. I think that on both sides of the aisle or whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. division, um, at the end of the day, we need people who are men and women of God to be raised up in both of those places. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we get held down because of the things you all just mentioned. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like we're in a time where God is really dismantling these systems. Mm -hmm and really yeah. raising up the people who have his heart and are yeah. really willing to look and collaborate across yeah. the aisle, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that both are true. And like what you said of like, pull your, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but also nurture them. Like both, both are true. I think the the ultimate goal is, is to have people that can stand up on their own but often they do need that nurturing and you can't, I don't know that any one by themselves is the solution. I think it is a combination mm -hmm. of both. I think that, and it's not a one size fits all kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that's another assumption that people make is like, okay, well we have to do it like in this specific combination. But I mean, look, I mean, all, I don't need to tell people that everybody's unique and different, you know? And I think that when we look yeah. We can, we can dehumanize people that have found themselves in a homeless situation and go homeless person instead of mm -hmm. what's that person's name? What brought them to this place? Mm -hmm. How were they raised? You know, like knowing all those things restores their humanity. And when you actually go out and you, you look these people in the eye and you talk to them, like you very quickly realize that. And anyone, anyone with a shred of compassion it's going to go, just listen, <laughs> yep. just, just listen to yeah. them, you know? Yes. So, yeah. yes. And sometimes, you know, I, I think like the idea of like, you know, people cheat the system or like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, or we can't like, we can't offer, you know, kind of like, um, support and finances to someone because like what if they just use it or like misuse it or mm -hmm. right. and my thought is like what if they do like we still need to do it like we, like like we can't control like obviously yes there will always be people who are cheating every system that you put mm -hmm. in front of them 
but that is not the majority. And also, you know, obviously there has to be some checks and balances, but at the end of the day, like, why are we trying to control? Like, is it like we need to individualize like exactly what you're saying? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. guys, my, my hope and my prayer through this is that this really stokes a fire within you to also look at solutions and, and, um, especially if this is an area that you really care about and maybe you're finding out that you actually do care about it right now, you know? Um, or, uh, I, I think that what tends to happen though, is people get irritated because one person presents a solution that maybe sounds more liberal. One person s- provides a solution that sounds more conservative and you go, no, that's not it. They, you need to do it this way. And then people get entrenched. And I'm like, that's not, it's just not helping. And, and, and we need to take an honest look at how we've been, how we've been interacting with each other and go like, dude, like that's not, that is not going to help the situation, you know? Right. Um, yeah. but, uh, Tatiana, someone asked, Linda asked a great question. She said, what does marginalized mean? Is it language barriers, lack of education type of stuff? So if you could kind of explain what you mean by people that are marginalized. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they'll really help people. Yeah. So when I, when I say marginalized, I'm really just thinking of people who may not have um, like the same access to certain services or mm-hmm. um, may not be able to enter into certain systems or get certain supports because um, of the situations that they're in. Um, and historically, like, that could be a group of people, like specifically people of color or, um, you know, American Indian mm-hmm. uh, folks. And just p- because of how historically they may have been treated and yeah. that continues to be the case still um, for them to this this day, unfortunately. So um, again, though, not to generalize because I think there is still like amazing work that's happening and pushing these voices forward to make some systems change. But when I say marginalized, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, and then Jillian always coming in clutch with the great question. Yes. She says, is Tatiana familiar with the seven mountains of society? Is this an issue on the family slash economy mountain mm. or another mountain? Like what, what would you, what would you say? I love that question. I, yeah. you know what, this is really funny because God has really been showing me too that this this issue of like um, people who are unhoused or the issue of homelessness actually falls into, at least for me and the work I do, the family mountain. Makes sense. Um, because yeah. yeah, it's affecting so deeply the family system, and it's also just like like experiencing homelessness is like a trauma that affects generations at times but also affects like the whole family um so i think when you have issues like this and it can be you know anything domestic violence those type of things that are justice specific but also affect a family system i think god really wants us to look at it as like like illumination is saying like it look at the family look at the person yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, that's good nash what do you think I mean, I would definitely, I think it, there are elements of both, but more so, more so landing in family. Cause I was looking at, I did some very brief looking at stuff to this morning before jumping on here that a lot of people will say like 
part of with the substance abuse that usually can lead into homelessness or they become homeless and they start with substance abuse, a lot of it has to do with like trauma that they endured or hardship that they endured when they were growing up or in their family. So it's really interesting that that issue specifically correlates to the homelessness issue overall. And then also, why aren't there people in their family that can take them in and help them out in a situation where like if things become financially hard, like why is that not the case? Why are families not taking care of each other? Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Um, and, you know, so I mean, in different cultures, I think of like people in Mexico, like you have grandparents and the parents and grandkids all living kind of in the same unit, but we don't do that here in America. So it's kind of interesting that we just, it's very individualistic as well. So it's just interesting how all those things kind of compound into this one issue. Mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Lynn Kelly. Uh, yeah. Thank you. A dream, I did not think about the dream center, but that's also another great place down in Southern California. It takes up like a whole city block. It's like this massive operation do a lot of amazing work as well. So I uh, definitely don't want to leave them out. Um, do you guys feel, you know, something that I was thinking about, I don't really have an answer uh, to this, but I was thinking about it is, you know, I look at like the structure of how the constitution was written, which is to put power into states, not federal control, but state control. And, and so where, where does that play into this? Do you feel like the federal government should intervene in a larger scale with, uh, ho you know, homelessness and, and other issues like this? Or should it be left up to the states? Should we be pooling resources? Would love to hear you guys' thoughts. Yeah, um, I personally think it's good that it's that states are able to do that. Have more states are able to have more power over what it looks like in their state for the people that live there. So I feel mm -hmm. like um, once you get to a federal level, it's so like it can't be it's a one size fit fits all, but that's like how the federal government, like that's sometimes how it's just built to operate. And so once you can put things at a, at a state level, whether it's policy, whether it's system change, like you're able to have a little bit more flexibility in what it looks like throughout the state itself. Mm. Um, but those are just my thoughts. Yeah. Nash, yeah. what about you? Do you have any thoughts yeah. on it? Yeah, I think I would have to agree. Honestly, for me, this is a personal belief kind of across the board, but I think localizing things is more effective rather than having like just one overarching policy for something like this, because every state is so culturally different from each other. Like you compare California and Oklahoma, like they're so radically different from each other culturally mm -hmm. that the solution for California is not going to fit Oklahoma. It's just it's not going to be the same. So I think state yeah. level is probably going to be more effective. Even maybe county level would probably be even. I was literally just going to say, <laughs> ideally, like in a really um, perfect situation, like you would have it be like, a, like the counties have more say in how things look for them. Because that still is like, even in Minnesota, like an issue of the, the government funding, they, you know, they really, the governor, like our state capital is in St. Paul. It's a really big metro area, but then the rest of Minnesota is very rural. Um, and then we have like a lot of uh, reservations as well. So like 
the funding that's funneled to the rest of the state, like it just can't be used the way that would in the metro area of, of Minneapolis, St. Paul. So um, just giving counties like more flexibility, I think is also really important. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I found it interesting that both of you guys said, you know, in terms of the mountain, like this is a, a family issue. I mean, obviously there's other elements involved, but a family mountain issue. Um, and guys, I would love to hear your thoughts in the comments. If you have any other, yeah, it's family, but I also think it could be this and here's why, please let us know. Uh, we want to hear from you, but, um, I think that there's this kind of, I guess, pipe dream of like, oh, if we just had money and obviously money helps, but I look at places like California that has, dude, when I lived in Southern California, it was bad. It's worse now down there. And they have some of the wealthiest people that live in that state. They have the mo they have some of the the largest resources to pull from and yet it's still an issue. So to me, I look at that and I go, yeah, I I would agree with you guys that it is a family issue because a lot of these people you talk to like I was molested at X age. Right. I my father was abusive, my mother was abusive. Their home environment was horrible and that they were a byproduct of how they they were raised and they continued to they couldn't get out of that and they they continue to make poor decisions um and because of the way they were conditioned and so i think that going to the root of the issue is family and that is biblically what god is about is family chris last week chris keel was on and we talked about issues you know in our nation and he said, it's it really the genesis of the solution is in the home. It's in it's in our families. It's how we raise our children, raising up a new generation who fears God, who holds biblical principles, um, you know, and, and I think that that's a really insightful solution that it really is. I mean, a lot of these issues we can we need to look at the the, the source of the problem. And obviously we need to deal with all the stuff that's run out of that, that source of the problem, but we need to shut that. We need to turn that tap off. So that's why family is so important in raising oh, up families. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I even think too, the family is the fallback structure in, yeah. in times of crisis. And so if that, if that part of society isn't healthy, I feel like a lot of other things fall apart just because people can't properly support each other, um, especially economically. But... 100%. Yeah, for sure. 100%. I think, um, like, I had, um, is, well, so, like, what I also, at least with the house that I have the opportunity of working on right now, is that what you realize that once um, people feel stable once that stability can happen and safety starts there's that feel like the feeling of safety that comes into like all right i'm safe here that is when the trauma starts coming out and i think that is like most of us like once we feel safe we feel like we can let out some right. of this emotion <laughs> yeah. some of these things that we've experienced and so um i i think that i am just seeing too that um the trauma piece of it like we really really need to focus on um the the deeper issue of healing what someone has gone through so that they can move forward into stable housing and sustain it that they can move forward into like mental health support and like continue it so that they can get to a place of stability in their 
mind and also like spiritually. So um, I always, I just feel like, so like the, the title of this is like, where is the church, right? Or like right. In, the, in the housing crisis. That's going to be and my next question, actually. So, do... <laughs> okay, let's do it. I think that there's churches doing actually quite amazing things, um, trying to support their communities. Um, but what I really wish I would see more of is like evangelists down at the youth center, people coming in, and even not just like evangelizing, but actually like helping, like you're saying, like being willing to you know, clean the floors, be willing to do the work that you don't really, it's not like you're not getting any instant like reward. There's no, there's no glory in it, you know, (laughs) like no, no glory in the instant moment. Yeah. 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 But what, I mean, what better person to be cleaning the floors than an evangelist who's going to like talk to everyone that walks past them, you know, like where is the people from our fivefold, um, you know, spectrum where are they in these places? And I think um, they're there. I think that God is like bringing us to that. But also I feel like there's this expectation that people have to come to us as Christians and receive from us. But really, we also need to be going out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that, I think a a lot where a lot of that comes from is like you know we we expect god for big things you know and and we should but sometimes you know like the the old adage is true big things come from small beginnings and so i think that sometimes we kind of landlock ourselves because we're like oh you know i I, i'm gonna i'm gonna have this multi-million dollar you know nonprofit tomorrow you know i'm just waiting for god to open the door and i'm like yeah but like maybe you are supposed to go and and be a janitor for a little bit in the youth center or um you know i don't know i think it's true so i think uh it reminds me of like even what you had shared um fyi jeff has been a guest on my podcast prophetic justice podcast and shares his story and testimony and it's been really awesome um to actually go back and listen but something that it hit me when I listened again recently was like you talking about your work at Trader Joe's and like mm-hmm. how you had so many experiences like throughout your time working there but then also like you just spent time with God as you were like doing other things that weren't breaking down banana pallets yes. and stuff yeah yes and I yeah. think that like there's this idea that like you know we have to make it to whatever it is in our minds this like point of success um you know but really it's just like all the time wherever you are like god is gonna use you and and will if you're open yeah yeah uh so what are what are some i guess some other practical steps of how people can actually help i mean obviously there's like the solution of okay we'll create a, a recovery center but that doesn't happen overnight I mean, maybe it will for someone who steps out and does it, but um, yeah, I would just love to hear your thoughts. If there's anything else that comes to mind or just practical ways to start, you know, if, if, you know, is it just getting involved in your area? Is it, you know? I think that um, it's finding what you're doing now and like shifting that somehow Okay. and offering that up 
to others, like whatever that looks like. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the other thing is just like finding who's doing it locally, what organizations and like be willing to do the thing that they, they ask you to do. Like sometimes, mm -hmm. um, you know, we get people who are like, what can we do? And we're just like, we kind of just need you to like, <laughs> we really need the, like, we really like talking about like, uh, cleaning the floors like we really need the house floors cleaned <laughs> like would you be willing yeah. to come do that and um some, you know people aren't always wanting to because they want to have the interaction with um you know the moms and they want to be part of the breakthrough and, moment with the, yes. with the moms, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome i totally it's awesome, yeah, i get it but, it is yeah. awesome it is but yeah just being willing to really step in wherever the need actually is Mm -hmm. um it's always crucial and then also i do think like um wherever you are bringing awareness to it but also bringing others in i think that like the best thing you can do is giving a voice and a platform to someone who's already doing the work yeah. like that really is one yeah. of the best things you can do yeah because there's always there's there is in, in most areas there's going to be someone doing something mm -hmm. um and I think too, we're very, we can be really quick to criticize someone else's efforts and go, maybe you're actually the one that's supposed to go in and help them and bring yes. another perspective, you know? Yes. yes. Just a thought, guys. Yep. No, it's true. Yeah. So, yeah. um, oh, um, Jillian actually asked, she's like, I love recovery and restoration stories. If there's time, is Tatiana able or willing to tell us about any which come to mind? could be big or small Tatiana oh my gosh there's so many good ones um you know what's funny is so so one really awesome one is that I um I had done you know anti-trafficking work with young people for a very long time and then um many of the youth I worked with like um, you know, we would st it, it was years of like really working with them, building the connection or a working relationship. And um, then when I stopped that work, I, I had to, you know, essentially cut ties because my role was ending and um, just it wasn't I wasn't able to stay connected with a lot of them. And some of them also were just really hurt that I had left and didn't want to stay connected as well. So. Now, let's say like some time has passed since I had left that role and now I'm back into my community work and I'm now able to, I'm coming across young people that are now like a little bit older. They're like in good spots. They are like amazing parents. They are like, you know, just completely out of the situations that they were when I had worked with them years ago. And so that's been really cool. One specific one is a mom. Um, a mom of three and she had just really struggled. She had experienced homelessness, she had experienced addiction and then just a lot of, of trauma um, as she was growing up as well. And she became a mom really young and then just was like so fearful, just like really understandably so, just like, I'm not ready to be a parent, which I don't know if any of us really are, but she just was like so determined to be a good parent. And when I left the role, she was, she had just had her second child and she just was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I need you, like, I wish you weren't going like, and I just was a lot of like, you can do this. You got this. I mm -hmm. truly believe in you. Here's like where you can go to access support. 
but I saw her recently working at um, one of the organizations that she had gotten support from, and she was like a parent support mentor. Come and on. And it was like the That's most amazing. beautiful thing. I get emotional thinking about it um, so just because cool. I am like, like just amazed at people's capacity and resiliency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. When you know that God is like, whether they're Christian or not, God is, God is for them. And he's like, yeah, you know, like God loves family. And so he's like, he wants her to be a good mom too. And he's cheering yes. her on, you know, yes. whether she yes. knows him or not, you know? And I think that that's, yes. that's something that we can lose sight of sometimes of like, yeah, but they're not, you know, whatever. Yes. And then another really cool one was actually recently, um, I saw someone I had worked with as well as a young person. I saw them at church and they were like praising the Lord. And it was just like, oh gosh, amen, right? Like so cool. God is doing it. So yeah. cool. So cool. Yeah. Nash, I don't know if you have any thoughts on solutions or just, I don't know, they don't even have to be actual solutions, but if yeah. there's anything you were thinking of while we were talking. You know, I I don't have any solutions coming to mind just because i feel uh, honestly i do feel a bit distant from the issue it's more so that i just observe kind of what's going on and the increase of it just because i moved from a very rural city to now the salem area which is very much like much larger than where you live much larger it's much larger and there's a lot more homelessness out there also me being a single woman at this point when i'm out and about i don't typically find it like entirely safe to interact with homeless people so i wanted to maybe touch on that like if people want to do ministry how could they do so safely because it does break my heart like yeah Yeah. specifically with women too because it does it does break my heart and i have compassion for them so most of the time i just drive past and pray yeah because i will admit when i am like there's times when we've gone through like seattle or, um, you know, maybe a dodgier, dodgier area that has like, you know, we have to pass through people that are obviously not mentally there. And I turn into protector mode where I'm not like if I'm there by myself or there with my buddies and we're kicking it with, you know, people that are on the, out on the streets, you know, like there's not the same level of caution I have. Um, but when I'm knowing that my wife is there or any other female, I, I turn into protector mode of just like, I need to just make sure that I'm aware of my situations just in case someone gets any ideas, you know? Um, but I know that Lauren has voiced her, how she's like, I care about this issue, but I'm not as comfortable going out to, you know, and I think that there's a lot of women that are in that same boat. So, I mean, Tatiana, maybe you you could, could speak to that a little bit. Well, and I would say like, uh, number one, like, yeah, safety. But um, I think like what I have found is like finding like a contained space that you do feel comfortable in. Maybe it's a woman's shelter, you know, maybe it's like, um, it doesn't have to be like street outreach right away. Like you can, you know, build up to it, but always go with a team of people and find other like-minded people that come with you to the shelter or to a space that is like, is safe, there's staff, there's people that are already working there who also can guide you and help you. Um, But yeah, I do, I do think like, um, 
just finding a group of people and making sure that like you're um doing it when it's like during the day as well if you if someone has their heart set i'm like yes i'm going out to the streets and i'm doing it um just you know considering that safety piece and having a plan in place um is important yeah so would you recommend i mean especially if people are wanting to do something about it as females wanting to do something about it but maybe are a little uncomfortable with that type of it just going out on the streets you know to find a contained area like a crisis center or a, um, a place. I know there's a place over in actually illumination where you live around where you live. Mm-hmm. And it's for women that have come out of homelessness and it's for them, the, their, uh, them and their kids to live. So it sounds very similar to the setup yeah. Tatian, that you work for. Thanks for listening. The Elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner. Visit Elijahfire.com slash give. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. yeah, and I think too, like the other piece is like praying um, about where God wants you to start, which is yeah. seems That's really good. obvious. But I do feel like God calls us each to different groups of people yeah. to to like He calls us two groups of people, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so He will protect you because He's called you. And so yeah. sometimes we feel like, you know, I want to go out on the street. I want to be talking to the people on the bridge under the bridge whatever you know and all the tents and it's like Mm -hmm. okay yeah like if that's what god has called you to do he'll protect you and give you everything you need to do it um so that's another piece of it is really just Mm -hmm. being in prayer too yeah yeah absolutely so um tatiana i mean i guess well actually you kind of answered my question my last question to you was going to be what would your encouragement to people, the body of Christ for 2024 to be, especially within this area? And I think you basically just answered it is, is asking God what the first step is, especially if this is something you really feel a burden on. You're like, this is something I am really bothered by. Um, I think it's also really important to not assume that someone else is going to fix an issue. If you're the one that sees it, a lot of times you can be the only person and God knows that you're listening. Yes. And so that's why he told you. That's why you're the only person that sees it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if there's anything that you have to add to that other than what I just kind of reiterated. No, I think that's good. I think also just um, not trying. And I, I say this even with the issue of like how people ask to how can they get involved in anti-trafficking work is like, tr- I mean, unless God has called you to start something on your own, like always work with people who are doing it already. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really key thing because I see so many times where you have like really well uh, meaning people who like have a heart for an issue, start a thing, and then it can kind of like combust because they haven't collaborated. They haven't already Mm -hmm. like looked around them to see like, where could I have stepped in? And like, was this even a need in the community? Like I just started because I just felt passionate about it, which is important. Don't like, you know, I'm not saying it's not, but just taking the time to build relationship with the organizations and the communities around you. Yeah. What I do feel like just from my own observations of that same stuff, it is this for such a selfless act, there's a lot of self-centeredness, you know, a lot. Yeah. We're, I think that's a, that is a byproduct of us being in the West and especially in America where it's very, we're very independent. Mm-hmm. Very like, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to make my mark because I care about this. 
and I want people to see it. So if I do it on my, my, my own, then everyone's going to see it, you know, and that's not always the case. And actually mm -hmm. going it alone with issues this big, not recommended, I would say. Yeah, not recommended. No. And and allowing people to come into what you're doing. Yeah. I also see the reverse of where you have people start things and they just are like, they're not allowing others who could really help them come into mm. what they're doing and collaborate with them in that way too. So yeah. that's another, I think, really crucial piece. Yeah. And that's a lesson for anything that anybody's yeah. doing, you know, it's just yeah, like, absolutely. don't close yourself off to help and insight, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, oh, another note that you had, and this is something that if people are kind of wanting to hear stories, um, they're yes. pretty raw, but you mentioned yeah. Soft White Underbelly, which is a, a YouTube channel that got, well, why don't you explain it? Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's called Soft White Underbelly. It's, well, I love it. Well, I'll explain what it is and I'll say why I love it. But it's um, this photographer who um, essentially goes out on the street and really gives people like photos, like actual beautiful uh, portraits of themselves for maybe it's like they need it for a resume or they need it for or they just want it. They have a family and maybe have never had a self like a portrait done. Um, he really gives dignity to people who are like maybe living on the street or just like, you know, in some of these situations that we have talked about, but he started interviewing some of these people. So that's his YouTube channel is that he interviews um, folks and really hears their story and he'll like ask them certain questions and then just kind of let them talk and share about kind of how they got to where they are. And it is really raw. Really um, raw. It's very, very honest, but I do think it is like one of the best, um, I've not seen yet someone who's doing it like he he does it and he films it beautifully. It's like sometimes filmed in black and white or the color is just like he it's just really well done. And he really gives dignity to the person, I think. And that's like another really big piece yeah. that I love. Yeah. 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 Linda, she's saying I love that guy I gained so much insight into things going on. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it's um i had seen his videos pop up and so when i saw you recommend that i was like oh yeah i totally forgot about that um uh, forgot about that guy um yeah and i also guys i want to celebrate you know a light i think his name's elijah he had mentioned that he was homeless a couple weeks ago but he, he actually ended up finding a home living with his sister and we first of all we want to celebrate that <laughs> yeah, um absolutely. you know and that that's the first step and and uh your future is bright dude just continue to press into the lord and and yeah and linda's saying i cry a lot when she watches watches it yeah dude it was like i watched a compilation and i was i was i was yes, crying it's, just it's like, very emotional oh, he doesn't like, really censor what you know it's just them talking and he doesn't he accepts them as they are but he portrays them in such with such dignity and i love that yeah Absolutely. Well, Tatiana, why don't you pray specifically yeah. for the church and us, just people listening to this, the church at large, that we would rise to the occasion and be the hands and feet of Jesus, you know, in more ways than just being on a platform and having a ministry. Yes. And, you know, there's a lot of nuance to that being the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, so why don't you, why don't you go ahead and pray for that in any other ways you feel led? Yeah, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. All right. Dear Lord, I just, um, I thank you for this conversation that, that Jeff and Illumination and I have been able to have, God, and just the honesty that we come in with, Lord, and um, 
right now, I just pray for anyone listening, God, who really is being stirred um, to do something. Um, there's something on their heart that they've maybe been thinking about, or this is even maybe the first time they've thought and something is just uh, welling up within them. God, we just pray, Lord, for um, discernment, for for wisdom and what that looks like for them. Um, and I also just pray, God, that initially that this whole conversation, Lord, will just, if anything else, that they, uh, uh, our listeners here, is that to listen to what you say about people as they are um, going through hardships and also just really guiding us to the people that you have called us to, Lord. And so I just ask, Lord, for um, even any pastors listening, Lord, people who are in leadership roles, God, um, also just for like a desire and um, a willingness to teach the things that they've learned, to pass down wisdom, to pass down um, skill sets uh, to those who may not have access to those otherwise, God, and just open the doors, Lord, that after this, listening to this show and um, us talk about this, God, that it will just start to be like doors opening of like yeah. them being able to step into that, Lord, to be mentors, to just bring people um, into their space um, and just showing people who they are in, in you, Lord. Yeah. Jesus name. Yeah. Amen. Well, Nate, do you have any closing remarks? Uh, just as we, we've been, uh, you, it's fine if you don't, but I wanted to give you one last chance to no, speak I've, now I've... or forever hold your peace. <laughs> oh, well, hold my peace. <laughs> so we're good. Uh, oh, yeah. No, it's a really, really good conversation. Thank you so much, Tatiana, for coming back on the show. It was so, yeah. so good. Yeah. Oh, gosh, no. Thank you, guys. This was awesome. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate just the real conversation and just kind of, round table mm-hmm. you yes, know, not great. necessarily having solutions but but talking about the issue i think that's really important yeah yeah, yeah people really liked it yes. eve this has been phenomenal exclamation <laughs> point <laughs> so, uh, yes. so tatiana why don't you tell people obviously you have the prophetic justice podcast tell people again what that is yeah, um, and I don't know if you've got any people on the horizon that you're going to be interviewing. Um, you know, whatever. Tell the people. Uh, I yeah yeah. So I um, the Prophetic Justice podcast is new. Um, you can find it on Apple, Spotify, and really the heart behind it is just hearing talking with other believers who are in the space of social justice causes, and also hearing how God works through them. And also like what that looks like, because so often I find that God works through me prophetically in uh, showing me people's futures, like their potential, what he has for them and being able to uh, speak that into them, Um, whether that's just straight saying like this is what God says or helping them get there in some form. And Mm -hmm. so um, I just really felt like no one talked about that a whole lot. But I think a lot of us who are believers operate like that. And so this is a space. to have some of that conversation with other other people in the field yeah come so, on yeah. so yeah and also to learn like i think i, yeah. I had you uh, just learning like from jeff and your experience with ywam um i also feel like i didn't know as much about ywam as i thought i did until i, I was oh, talking yeah. to you yeah, yeah so mine was a two-parter because I'm no, a talker. No, it's a three. There's number three. Oh, it was oh it's out. a three-parter? <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. I forgot we talked that long. We talked for three hours, and yeah. I was like, 
this is going to be a three series. Like, it's, yeah, essentially you're welcome. A I gave you yeah, plenty of material. You. Super generous. <laughs> but yeah. coming up, I link those in the description. Yes, that would be great. I have yeah. um, Kara, 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 yeah, Kara Starnes. Yes, and so, um, yeah, the powerhouse. Yeah, she's like, awesome. Yes. Amazing. So yeah, yeah she'll be on, uh, and then um yeah just a few others i'm excited about so are you getting christian lenti on is that are you doing that as well did that we're in discussion i yeah that that works out yeah i would love to get him on this show too like that would be amazing yeah he used to go by chris he goes by christian now i found out so i have to force myself to change after saying it for decades um yeah thank you christian uh and christian lenti if anyone hasn't heard uh or doesn't maybe know who that is he has the uh he is the founder of the mst project for with ywam is it within ywam or is it it is within ywam it might have been kind of they may have separated by this point but by when i was when i worked with them how small time i worked for him it was through ywam yeah ywam bangkok um yeah so he's american I believe he's american american or canadian yeah. and um but he's been living in in thailand so moving and shaking yeah. ministering yeah. to uh the johns that go to these red light districts yes. and and stuff which i think they're an easy target for hatred um and understandable i get it when people are like i don't know how you could do that but they're just as in need of God's love yes. as the women that are in women and children that are in these uh, mm-hmm. horrible situations. Um, yeah. And so his, and, and, yeah, I mean, ahead. we talk. I mean, we talk so much about those who are affected by um, the sexual violence of trafficking, but we don't talk enough about the demand is what fuels it all without right. the demand. We wouldn't have yeah. Human yeah. trafficking. So he really is like, going in to like really look at that and really get to part of it. So that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, you know, that working out for you guys and him getting on your podcast because that'll be really good. Um, yeah. But yeah, everybody, it's on Spotify, what Apple Podcasts. Yes. And then you can find uh, me on Instagram at Prophetic Justice Podcast. And that's my main spot right now i guess link is in the description everybody (laughs) you can click right there or you can type in prophetic justice podcast wherever you listen to podcasts find it uh you know and then it it it, i share a lot of stuff that i've never shared on in my two plus years of doing elijah fire there's stuff i share on there that i have never shared publicly so um i got very raw and transparent with some stuff so um check it out Wherever you listen to podcasts, follow Tatiana Prophetic Justice Podcast on Instagram. Links in the description to all that. Tatiana, thank you so much. This was great. Yeah, thank you. It was awesome doing this. Yeah, absolutely. So, Nash, who's on tomorrow? We have Julie Lopez back tomorrow. So, if you guys remember, she just did a teaching series with us last November, and that was awesome on spiritual warfare. So she talks a lot about spiritual warfare, but also we're going to be talking about prophetic insights for 2024 and some testimonies from her conference that we also talked about during her teaching series. So you guys don't want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And you guys love yeah. Julie Lopez, so you'll yes. be there. Yeah. Yes. So 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. 
Uh, guys, Elijahstreams.com slash donate is how you donate. That keeps it free. That allows us to bring on the Tatianas and allows us to bring on the Julie Lopez's and everybody else. So we so appreciate your guys' generosity. Um, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 